A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Deckheads, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Deckheads with your hosts, Nick and Anna. Broadcasting from the bottom of the boat, below, below deck. Ooh, I'm horny. All yacht talk all the time. I'm having a party. We're shoveling coal to keep this show afloat. I love cocaine. We're off the map in international waters. I need some drama, me. Hide that cocaine. Never. In my nose. Just so you know, I'm in an open relationship. Below deck. Woo! Below me. What? Deckhead. Anna. Sometimes when I clap for us, it feels like I'm like, just trying to kill a bunch of flies. Wow. No. Again, uh, people, if you don't know, she lives in a very dirty home with trash piled up. <laughs> There's flies everywhere. Just stacks and of I've old been... newspapers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the newspapers are like the cleanest thing in your apartment. It is an interesting thing. Because they just have mites in there. Well, yeah. Uh, termites eating alive. I, that's how sure, I feed my termites. Um, my pet termites. My thousands of pet termites. But. It's interesting that in Hoarders, they do all just keep all the newspapers they've ever received in their life. So, like, what is a modern-day hoarder like when you don't get the paper? Like, your your house is just, like, covered in... SD cards? Yeah, wait. External hard drives? Yeah. Just everywhere. <laughs> With, like, downloaded articles? I don't even get it. Like, what could you hoard at this point? I guess you could. You could still hoard a bunch of shit. Who am I kidding? I'm a hoarder. Can you tell? I mean, not from this view, but <laughs> I'm sure if you took me on a tour around the house, I'd see some stuff. No, actually, I got rid of a bunch of stuff when I moved. Well, in you Zach. work every day. Everyone you work with sees this view every day. So you kind of got to keep it in order. Uh, yeah, kind of. Remember, sometimes I sit at my kitchen table. Yeah, but I guess then then when you're when you're in your kitchen table, the uh, you put your I put uh, all the screen news- way back, so you just yeah. get the ceiling. Yeah, and I put all the newspapers under the table, so no one. Sure, that's knows. what's keeping up your table. Mm-hmm. Just a piece of plywood on <laughs> all your newspapers. That's like 
this, I just remember in college, we'd all just buy like giant pieces of plywood and that would just be like our beer pong table. Just put it on nice. like a plastic table. Yep. I was like, a, for a while, I was the per- the go-to person to paint and spray paint everyone's um, beer pong tables. I would just, I would cut a bunch of uh, stencils and either spray paint or design everyone's beer pong tables. Yeah, that was my thing for a while. No big deal. Oh, I inhaled God. a lot of spray paint. It's probably why I'm so fucking dumb. Anyway, we're talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was not wearing face masks. Yeah. Just straight aerosol on okay. my lungs. Ah, it just answers a lot of questions. That's nice. What was that? Oh, about why you're so... No, I thought I saw something. <clears throat> the way it's fine. you are. No, something was just like floating in front of my face for a second. So we're talking... <laughs> I was like really, really fucked up from all that aerosol. <laughs> I mean... Poison I really my brain. think you should lead with that. Hi, it's me, Anna. Before you get uh, look, I'm, I I did a lot of huffing back in the day. Okay, so you're like, oh, okay. You really put me at ease there. You got, you got me up. Huffing, huffing and puffing, my way to hell. Uh, so yeah, where was I? Oh, we're talking below deck Mediterranean season five episode. Fres. That's three again. The culture I've experienced comes through. I'm just so cultured. It's so tough being this cultured. So, yeah, like we continue with Hannah asking Captain Sandy to come fucking fuck with Lara for her because Lara is terrifying and is in a human suit and is truly the Beelzebub in that human suit. And uh, she is terrifying. And she's literally like laughing to herself while Hannah's like freaking out and getting Captain Sandy to come talk to her. Because she's terrifying. I, I can't stop saying that enough. This woman is unbelievable. Like I myself have enough shame and have been slapped across the face enough times with my mother to know that like you just can't act that way. Like a part of me feels like She's the type of person who, like, in front of her friends will tell her mom to go fuck herself, you know? Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a type of person I didn't know growing up. <laughs> well, no, I didn't either. That's, like, a really scary person to know. It's like any guy – this is um some – advice from Arden Marine, good friend, pod, fellow podcaster. She would always say, if a guy treats his mom poorly, he will treat you poorly eventually. And she always tells me the story that she was with this really shitty guy. And from the other room, she heard him be like, fuck you, mom. And she's like, <laughs> like, that was clearly the right, that is the ultimate red flag. If like, Someone is literally like cursing out their parent in front of you, and you have to be like, I'm sorry, what is going on? That is your parent. You cannot be cursing them out. It's just scary. And I don't know, Lara vibes as someone who'd be like, like pull her mom's hair or something. <laughs> I don't know. She's so scary. Like, truly, like, could you imagine being around that? Like ever no, disrespecting yeah, like, your what parents would you like do that. If like your best friend started dating her or something, you know, 
Oh, that's a good point. What do you do? Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, eventually she'd probably like suck his soul so far out. Murder him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a little too close to home. You know, my friends are not good at picking people. Anna. Wait. I had to make these decisions before. Are you about to tell me about like, oh no, who's dating Lara? No, I mean, I you can tell I me. certainly have a Lara in my life. Please tell and, me. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I have a friend who um, I've uh, just told them I would no longer see their uh, girlfriend again. It's Lara, huh? A very close friend. Just tell me the truth. Is this your friend dating Lara? <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> okay. Well, good to know. Now I know. Now you know. Now I know. That's why you've been so cool with her. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah, I've had that situation before with a friend where you have to kind of be like, um, you're dating someone who is really um evil. Yeah. And uh not necessarily you evil, you know, because evil's not real, but broken, what? sure. I'm sure somewhat, you know, it's like there's no way Lara's parents are cool and did a great job. You know, they fucked her up. Somebody fucked up her parents, and then her parents fucked her up, and she's going to fuck somebody else up. And someone's got to get in there, a professional, and do a little damage control. And that's all it is. Lara's not evil. Lara is not Beelzebub, but well. she is one of the worst she acts worse than other people every other person in the world and she probably lives underground okay well what are you describing if not it's probably very hot down there <laughs> okay you. you're describing <laughs> look i can only be honest with you. <laughs> yeah okay well yes yeah, so captain sandy tells laura that hannah's her boss and she's gonna have to do what she tells her and that her and Hannah, see, Captain Sandy's like, me and Hannah went through the same thing. And I was like, ah, so you too, huh? What? And like, Captain Sandy's like, okay, first of all, don't laugh. Now I'm angry. Um, you need to start over with Hannah and like, not like, don't do what you're doing. Like, this isn't funny. And then Laura tells Hannah to apologize to her. Because of course, and Hannah says, "Well, I'm sorry you feel. Fr- I'm sorry you had frustrations." And then Laura apologizes and says that she shouldn't have spoken to her that way, and she'll do better. Um, and then she turns to Captain Sandy, is like, I-, "I will do better for you, Captain Sandy. I have a lot of respect for you." But the way she says it does sound sarcastic, which I'm like, "What are you doing?" And uh, and then Captain Sandy's like, "That's enough. Leave your sarcasm in the cabin." And I'm like, "Was she really like, like did that?" What did you think of that? I didn't fire her! <laughs> what the fuck? You know, this is how it should have happened. Hannah goes in. She says, I'm having a problem with this stew. Sandy says, you should work on it this way. She says, no, I don't think you understand. This person is not someone I can work on it with. It's just not going to happen. I, you got to trust me. And then she's like, all right, well... Look, I trust you, but I do want to see for myself. So let's the three of us talk. So they go and they talk. And then this person is disrespectful to Hannah, disrespectful to Captain Sandy on more than one occasion during this talk. Captain Sandy should be like, I see what you're saying, Hannah. Like, no one has ever disrespected Sandy in a a setting like this. 
you know? Right. And live to tell the tale. It's but true. I don't understand how they leave this room without her being fired. It's bonkers. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel like it has to be TV show related. She does create good drama. That's fact. Mm-hmm. But a part of me was also like, maybe Captain Sandy just didn't want to have to deal with hiring someone else. Feels like it takes like two seconds to make it happen, but I don't know. It's weird. Oh. It's like so like her. And then literally Captain Sandy says that Lara has fuck you energy to her. And I'm like, if someone has fuck you energy, why would you continue to work with them? And then she Better says list. Hannah needs to pull her closer and use her more as a second stew. And it's like, to what? Like, it's you're just trying to, like, keep your enemies closer her? Like, what is the plan here? No. No thanks, Captain Sandy. You did it wrong. Yeah. This is like some fucking, like, lay down and take it shit like Glenn did to fucking Parker. Where Glenn's like, he just sits there while Parker is just so disrespectful, so not getting his job back and doesn't pull the trigger. And it's like, I have no respect for that. Like, you have this all this pretend authority, and you don't do it. It's interesting how they, like, fire you, but don't, like, make you quit, basically, by mind game firing you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the deck, uh, well, not deck, whatever. Captain Sandy's trying to talk to Lara later in the crew mess, and Lara says she's an older sister, and then Captain Sandy says the randomest thing. Like, it literally leads nowhere. And I, I wrote it down because I was like, what are you fucking talking about, Captain Sandy? She goes, yeah, you know, my, my stepdad was a hunter and a cop. So we had 42 dogs. Like, what, bitch? What are you talking about? You know how cops have 20 dogs and hunters will have 22 dogs. <laughs> so total. Well, he did both. <laughs> no, I know how hunters might have a dog. Yeah. That's kind of where it ends. <laughs> but like, I actually in that moment was on Laura's side in the sense that I was like, I'm eating, miss. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Also, you know who has 42 dogs? A hoarder? <laughs> Breeders. Oh, ooh. Yeah, this that's what she's, that's what that person was. Hmm. Well, she didn't say that he was also a breeder. One of his I had jobs. a great uncle with 42 dogs. Guess what? They were all beagles because... He was a breeder. It is true. I have family in Iran that has like so many dogs. It's because they're breeding them. Like they're, they there's, live in the there's countryside. There's no other reason. With like giant, giant like dog houses everywhere with like hundreds yeah. of puppies. <laughs> like, the only, yeah. If you're a hoarder with 42 dogs, that means um, like 39 of those dogs are carcasses. Oh, geez. That's sad. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um. Wow. Okay. That's a lot to take in. Uh, Pete is telling Alex that he's going to go all in on Lara, but he keeps calling her Lana. And Alex is like, well, when the when you fail, the nice guy will swoop in. But then Pete's like, nah, man, I'm going to fuck Lana tonight. <laughs> Lara. <laughs> yeah, but he calls her Lana. Well, he's the Pete, only one who knows her name. Pete doesn't know her name and he's going to fuck her tonight. <laughs> So Ugh. stupid. Uh, Jess lays out. I, I would her... like to say that she deserves more respect than that, but she does Sure. Doesn't. Yeah, at this point. Also, she's probably never introduced herself to anyone. So, like, 
no one knows. They're guessing her name. But um, Jess finishes her work. I started at one point calling her Jess and not Jessica because I got lazy. But she like after she finishes her work, she lays out in her bikini in the sun and all the guys are like, Awooga! 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 They can't handle it. They can't handle it. They're like, titties, 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 titties. Yeah, I could. I had a lot of trouble watching this scene, actually, because I kept turning um, the TV off with my boner. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Well, if you didn't love it so much, I might stop. Physically makes sense. <laughs> I pressed the power button on yeah, that but thing. These power buttons now on these new flat screens are like on the side or the bottom. Uh, back. No, I got old school. TV. That means your dick goes all the way around and then has like a it's little curve. curve at the end. It's got a little hook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little weird dick curve hook. Oh, I, mean, I just I just ding it on the side. You all know? right, all right. Well, it. I'm not going to judge what your genitals look like. Thank you. More power to you. I bet it makes. I have a lot won of some competitions easy. for oh, weirdest dick. But. Weirdest dick guy, huh? Yeah, no huh. biggie. It's but you did lose the competition to be the face of COVID mm-hmm. to that one guy, what? the black man with the big dong that like was being oh, used as like a yeah. a red herring of like click this dead. link, and then it was just like him with his dick out. Full disclosure. <laughs> yes, he's you passed. sent me his picture again yesterday. I sent just his face looking you at love you. love sending me that picture. I love him. He's great. He's like an iconic character. He's a good guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, we have our next charter meeting with Hannah, Malia, Kiko, and Captain Sandy. And guess who's coming on board? We got Roy Orbison Jr. coming wow. on. Now, um, his father's song, You Got It, is one of my big karaoke tracks so i'm anything you want you got it yeah i'm a i'm a i'm a roy orbison head so it was interesting to see roy orbison jr come on um well you me and sandy have a lot in common yeah did you get any likes and dizzy likes no i couldn't see him he's a celebrity let me see what i got he's a celebrity yeah i ain't got nothing well, all hidden. Him and his wife are coming with their kids. Uh, the kids don't know how to swim, so they have to keep an eye on them. The nanny's coming as well, and she's really hot. Um, and then we got something very interesting. We learned that Ulf Ekberg, the founder of Ace of Base, is also coming with them. Now, I sent you something very interesting because um, Ace of Base. So, Ulf Ekberg, before he founded Ace of Base, was a neo-Nazi skinhead. Um, Hey, hey, hey. So was the last pope. Was he? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, he's gone now. So, what am I supposed to say to that? Yeah, I love that that wasn't the worst thing he did. (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot going on with that guy. But, uh, yeah, apparently he tried to use Ace of Base's success as an opportunity to erase his neo-Nazi past. Um, and then he also was part of another like weird group. I don't know. He's got, he's had a shady past, which he has since apologized for, but 
Oof, hard to forget. Hard to forget. There's a photo of him literally like hiling Hitler on the internet. Like, so. Wow. That's tough for me. That's not what you want. It doesn't help that this boat is already so aggressively like white supremacy. I mean, just the uh-huh. show is like white supremacy. But Whole like. Industry. What'd you say? The whole industry. Yeah, yeah. It's like whites are us. Uh, And then to have this Ulf Ekberg guy come on, I was uh, not loving that. No, not ideal. Also, uh, you think you got some dirt on someone. Well, 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 I got dirt. Okay. On Roy Orbison Jr. Oh, my God. Hit me. He's not the first Roy Orbison Jr. What? Roy Orbison Sr. had a son named him Roy. Okay. He had two more sons, named them other things. Had a wife, a very young wife, you know, met her when she was 17, 18. Uh, And he was 30. Um, They got married, uh, had three kids. He was um, away in Europe. There was a house fire. Killed two of his sons. Oh, my God. Killed Roy Orbison Jr. He got a new wife. Wait, did the wife die too? Had these kids. No, they just broke up. Oh, no, she died in a car accident. Yeah, so his wife and his two kids out of three kids died. Jeez. And he got remarried. Anyway, he had more kids. His first new kid was Roy Orbison Jr., in wow. uh, 1971, I believe, which makes him a lot older than we were guessing yesterday. Wow. Hmm. That's really sad. Yeah. And odd that he also chose to name another son, Roy Orbison Jr. He wanted a junior. And he got one. And his and this guy seems pretty debit, dedicated to his father's legacy, considering it's his main job is like licensing his music. And at one point, he's bragging about how all the best pictures or all the Oscar films had, you know, a Roy Orbison song in it for like a decade. Hmm. Um. Anyway, poof. Oof. Very sad. Very sad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um- well, Kiko says he thinks the guests will be cool because they're Swedish and important musicians, and he plays the guitar, and music is one of his passions. So he's like, I'm walking on stars. Wow, Kiko, stars? Uh, yeah, they also want Mallorcan music and a picnic at the Palma Cathedral. You know what, you know what I've always said? I said, you know, I'm sorry, did you say cathedral? Let's have a picnic. I'm sorry, someone say cathedral well i am going to whip out a tablecloth i'm gonna bring some cheese crackers jam bread a sandwich maybe i guess i just kind of described some parts of a sandwich but not fully uh deli meat and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna eat in front of this cathedral huh maybe i have some wine well okay i I feel like you're saying something here like that's crazy (laughs) No, I just would never do it. It's just rando to me. But maybe some people would. Cathedral. A cathedral picnic. Okay, let's take a quick break. Clearly, I need to tone it the fuck down. (laughs) We'll be right back. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chelsea Handler here. This week on the Dear Chelsea podcast, country star L King is in the studio to talk about the many X's and O's that shaped her career, why country music and whiskey was a better fit than pop music and green juice, and that grand old Opry show that made a lot of headlines. I had been going through something very heavy. I take one shot too many, and I got the curtain dropped on me, cut to like, what have I done? Listen to L King on Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I've toned it the fuck down. Um, yeah, we're back. Uh, this was interesting. Jess is reading The Secret History by Donna Tart. And of course, Rob's like, wow, she's not just titties. She also has a brain. <laughs> Look, there are some brains in those titties. Wow, wow, wow. That must be why her titty's so big. Awuga, this is very hot for me. (laughs) You know, I haven't heard any jokes from him in a while. I'm looking forward to him sometime Uh, soon. Yeah, (laughs) I need to pull up the jokes you sent me. (laughs) Nick sent me for my No, no, I didn't send you anything. Don't worry about what we're talking about. Just drop them in later. All right. Edit this part out. Drop them in later. Just drop them in later. That's the whole point. We're not talking. These are his jokes. That's all you need to know. It's part of your character. Edit this part out. (laughs) Hey, Nick. Yeah. Oh, hey, Rob. What's up, man? Yesterday, I saw a guy spill all his Scrabble letters onto the road. Oh, yeah? 
I asked him, what's the word on the street? <laughs> Man, dude, Rob, you have the best delivery in comedy. Oh, that's funny. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you hear about the new restaurant called <laughs> Karma? <laughs> uh, no, man. Well, what's about? There's no menu. You get what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob. You've done it again. Thanks, man. You always Oh, You got some brain in your dick yeah. yourself, bub. I love titties and brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so, of course, this is the most of course scene in the entire show. Pete is showing <laughs> Laura photos of himself working out. And Laura's like, I'm very attracted to them. And then it, she, he, like, flips to one photo of, I guess, him and his dad. And Laura's like, who's that? And Pete's like, oh, that's my dad. He just got diagnosed with cancer. And the doctor's given him, like, about six months to a year to live. I'm like, what? And then Pete says that he moved home to help take care of his dad and it hasn't been easy. And that he Does he know the- he's on a boat for six weeks? I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> your dad's got a month left. Well, six, six months to a year and he's chosen to take basically two months away. What the yeah, fuck? I don't know. That's something. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he said he moved home to take care of his dad, and it hasn't been easy. So I guess he left. Uh, and then he said it he hasn't been easy because you don't live there. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to take care of him from a boat in the sea. Uh, and he says that his he wouldn't be the man he is today without his dad. And it's hard to see someone you love so much be so sick. And Laura's like, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then she's like, Well, this is depressing. Let's change the subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she said that. She's she like, said, shut oh. up about your dad. Yeah. It's bumming me out. She's like, fuck you. What the fuck? It's like, dude. That's what? something else. And he was like, sorry, babe. Do, do you want to see me pumping iron? My God. Oh, it's terrible. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Pete. Jesus. Well, anyway, everyone goes out to dinner. Uh, Pete, classic Pete. Pete is so unbelievable because, again, like I said, he starts out like he gets it. Like, he's like, you're right. You're right, Malia. I'll listen to you, babe. But then he, like, always finds a way to fuck it up. And he's like, you know, like, I was working at this Domino's and this woman owned the Domino's. And she had, like, seven other franchises. And it was, like, really impressive to me. And it really inspired me because I was like, well, if this bitch could do it, then I could do it, too. And Malia's like, what fool? Like, he always starts out like it's going the right direction. And then he just makes a quick left back the wrong direction every time. I mean. (laughs) Sorry about that, lover chick. Sorry I wasn't listening. I should listen more to you. You're my bosun, but your tits are so huge. (laughs) I mean, I've never wanted a couple to get together more. Who, Lara and Pete? Yeah, and just like live at the bottom of the ocean together. <laughs> just take them both out of the dating pool. They really should. They are perfect for each other. They're just two of the worst people. 
Yeah. Uh, Laura says she's been traveling for 11 years and she's always some somewhere else. And that makes me think, Laura, what are you running from at home? Hmm? Hmm, Laura? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, after dinner, they head to the club, baby. Club time. Um, we... Kiko says that he's currently in a relationship with a Yachty as well. And he's just going with the flow. And her name's Nicole. Woo! Okay, not that interesting. Um, Pete, because he's flirting with Lara all night at the club, he goes, looks like Pete found a treat. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... So Hannah is taking this opportunity to tell Kiko that she just doesn't know how to deal with Lara on her own. And she's like really stressed and doesn't like, cause Lara's just such a bitch. Um, and Kiko is like, I never want to see Lara again. <laughs> like those are Kiko does not fuck with Lara at all. And I thought that was pretty dope of him to be like, you know, when you have that friend and you look at them and you think I never want to see you again, that's Lara for me. <laughs> like, it is so funny because he loves everybody that deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, Lara is basically like, I can hear Hannah talking shit about me. She's so rude. She can't talk about someone that way. And I'm like, oh, you've never watched this show before. Because she can, You've honey. never been on a boat before. <laughs> yeah, you think she's faking it? She, um, her Instagram's an interesting place because in her Instagram, she's like, I've had such a whirlwind month. I caught coronavirus. And I'm like, of course you did. Of course you did, you dumb bitch. <laughs> you are the prime person. I to caught catch the coronavirus it. for the seventh time. I know. She's such a fool. Um, yeah. So everyone's dancing on the dance floor. They're all having a good time. Jess says she's enjoying hanging out with Rob. Um, And then Malia pulls Lara aside to be like, hey, how are you doing with Hannah? And Lara's like, we just don't get along. We haven't gotten to know each other off the boat. And I'm like, well, it's been two days. And Malia tells her that Hannah feels a lot of pushback. And that's really tough for a department head. Um. And then uh, she says that if one of her deckhands said no after she told him to do something, they'd be fucking fired. And I'm like, are you threatening Lara? Like, do you not understand this woman will slit your throat while you're sleeping? You need to be careful. Mm. Hey, Malia, watch your back. Yeah, this is the same um, advice that uh, Jack and Miles gave me when I started working with you. (laughs) <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, well, how'd you do that with your face? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, is your is your tongue forked? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank God I have it in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. So um <laughs> I hope coronavirus never ends. Coronavirus. For Laura, I mean Laura catching coronavirus is like it's incredible. I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, I bet Pete got it too, honestly. You know she was out somewhere being like, masks are stupid. No one you know tells she's Lara what to do. Lara doesn't wear masks. Authority poo-poo. 
no, I agree. She's a fucking fool. And she's from Italy. I they know, had it so I hard. Know. But they got it under control. They do. They're so doing so much better than us. So, um, yeah, they all head back to the boat. Um, Pete and Laura go in one cab. And I thought this was really funny. Everyone else goes in another cab. And Kiko is literally has his head hanging out the window yelling that Laura is a bitch. And I thought that was so funny. Like, Kiko, when he gets drunk, gets a little Kiko. Yeah, he's cool. It was funny. He's just like, I would love to hang out with bitch, Laura. I was like, that's sick. And everyone's like, woohoo! There's certain people like, you know how we, we always say like, we don't want any cast members on the show because it's not really for them. You know, mm-hmm. we, we just shit on them. All, that's all we do. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of people that like, that we love. Like if Aisha listened to our show, I would be so proud. Yeah. How we talked about her. Like if Kiko listens to our show, I would love for Kiko to listen to it. I love Kiko. I love Kiko. He's fun. It's. I feel like people like that don't get the respect they deserve on shows like these. No. Well, and also, bad news for Kiko. Yeah, that's why I'm sad. It's just such good vibes, you know? I don't know. I don't understand how this Kiko thing is going to happen. I don't either. I, I don't. I feel like he must be busy or something. Or he gets like a family thing. I don't understand how Kiko would be asked to leave. I agree. It's really confusing. But we'll see. Bums me out in a way I wasn't ready. Yeah. So Jess is the only person from Interior who survives the whole season? Yeah, I think Jess survives. (sighs) Malia survives. Well, apparently there's this, like, the major drama that I keep seeing on Instagram is between Rob and Jess. Well, and somehow Aisha gets involved in it, and I don't understand it. But huh. I am going to wait it out. Yeah. I think there's a love, and then a new thing comes on, and maybe there's something between Rob and Aisha. It That's sounds like the, the three people, or well, like Sandy, Malia, Sandy. Jessica, and Robert. And Alex make it all the way through. Peter is technically on the boat, but I hear around episode seven or eight, he he basically gets cut out. They minimize yeah. his edit because of the racist post he did that got him in trouble. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, it does feel like by the end of this series, it's going to be a whole different show. Or at least like halfway through, it becomes a different show. Yeah. You know what It would have been funny is if the, like by the end of the show, all the men were in charge of each department. That'd be terrible. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But I don't like that, Nick. I don't like well, that. Well, it one doesn't bra- happen, so it's cool. So you're gonna kill me? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, back yes. on the boat, Pete tries to creep on Lana, but she goes to bed before he can, and then he's like, "We were, we weren't even gonna fuck. We were gonna like make love." And I'm like, Pete. Your face has no expressions. Like, you look like you got beat up. Take it home, buddy. Um, so everyone goes to bed. But weirdly, at 5 a.m., Laura gets up and seems to leave the boat. Interesting. It's a weird exit. She goes and then hides in a garage or, like, and peeks around a corner. 
Well, like, I don't get where she goes. She goes into that garage. She, like, walks down the way a little bit and goes into a garage and just kind of, like, stands there in the corner. Right. It's really weird. But that's later on. I mean, like, in the morning at 5 a.m., does she just go to production and tell them she wants out? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, it's officially the next. Nope. I clicked the wrong thing. It's the next day. (laughs) So Alex is, like, 10 minutes late to deck at 10 a.m. because he was shitting. And Malia's like, hey, bitch, you need to be here on time. I'm the captain now. And they're like, okay. Uh, and Hannah and Jess are looking for Lara because she's just straight up M- MIA. They're like one hour until charter. Lara's MIA. And then all of a sudden they hear over the radio, Lara asked to speak to Captain Sandy and ask her to come off the boat and meet her on the dock. And she refuses to come on the boat. And so Captain Sandy comes out um, and Lara literally says, I am no longer feeling comfortable and I would like to leave. And then Captain Sandy's like, okay, like, is this, after, like after the conversation like what happened and she's like she doesn't want to talk she doesn't want to explain herself she just says she's no longer comfortable and she wants to leave and so Captain Sandy's like alright you wait here we'll go get your stuff and so Captain Sandy tells Hannah and Hannah's like did she say what's up she's like no she don't want to talk she just wants to leave and this is I guess when she's waiting for her stuff to come she goes and stands next to that garage and like just stands there to yeah. I guess get away from the camera Mm-hmm. It's also weird that she trusts other people to pack her stuff up, you know? I'd be, like, yeah. nervous to let that, but. but well, there's just, cameras everywhere. She's going to steal her shit. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just, like, in case they leave anything behind. But, like, it's interesting They're that like, she just. I don't believe this was my doo-doo. Who put a doo-doo <laughs> in my bag? My doo-doo. Oh. I guess she just didn't want to face anyone when she went back on boat for quitting. No, of course you don't. Yeah. Uh, Laura says she's not a quitter, especially before a charter, but sometimes no, in life. she's not a. No, definitely. <laughs> Shut up. Sometimes in life, you have to choose between your happiness and a job, and she's choosing her own happiness. The last way I would describe her is a quitter. First way, Beelzebub. <laughs> Murder. Uh, <laughs> worst energy on earth. A doo-doo have her mm-hmm. in her bag. Did you put a shit in her bag? Yeah, I you got it. Me. I knew it. That's so you. All right, let's take a quick break. And we're going to each doo-doo. And we'll be right back. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. 
I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chelsea Handler here. This week on the Dear Chelsea podcast, country star L. King is in the studio to talk about the many X's and O's that shaped her career, why country music and whiskey was a better fit than pop music and green juice, and that grand old Opry show that made a lot of headlines. I had been going through something very heavy. I take one shot too many, and I got the curtain dropped on me, cut to like, what have I done? Listen to L. King on Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Uh, So Captain Sandy holds a crew meeting in the galley to tell them, hey, Lara's gone. Um, And some people are not cut for this business. And she asks Pete to pack up all all her stuff. And Pete's all bummed out packing up her stuff. And he delivers it to her. And he says, hey, I put my card in your luggage. You should call me or whatever and she she literally says we'll see and then leaves <laughs> we'll see bye she bitch gonna call him. no and she says maybe they will do a long distance or something and then she laughs and goes no i will never do that i have no idea why i said that and i was like you are the devil uh so anyway everyone's back to work getting ready for the guests to arrive and um, Hannah has to deal with no Lars. They only have Lara and Jessica in this upcoming charter. And Pete is literally crying over Lara. Like literally he's crying on stop deck. Crying. And then he's crying in his room into his pillow. Oh and- my God. I could not. This is the greatest laugh that I have had from this show in a long time. Just I am guffawing at it's this scene. Absurd. Like he's like, all right, man, I got don't worry, man. I- I'll clean this side of the boat. <laughs> No, no, he met her yesterday. (laughs) Literally, Alex says, you've known her for 12 years. Like, you don't even know her last name. And I was like, dude, exactly. Like, he's in his room. Oh, 12 years. I meant 12 hours. He's in his room with his his head in his pillow. What the fuck? God, these dudes. The unit is a fucking mess. He's a unit. Yeah, he's a fucking doofus. Um, whatever. So Cab Sandy looks for a second, another stew to replace Lara, and 
Um, there's a really funny moment that stood out to me is when Hannah and Jess are struggling to set up a crib for the upcoming guest because they have a kid and they call Alex, but he's like, get Pete, Pete's a dad. And everyone's shocked. And Hannah's like, that's really concerning that Pete's a dad. But he like comes in, sets up the crib real quick. And it's like, yeah, that's right. I started at 18. My son's like nine. And everyone's like, dude, you should not be in charge of a human life. I agree. Anyway, guests arrive. They have two little kids. One of the little kids has a guitar on his back, a miniature guitar, because I guess everyone in this family plays music. Mm-hmm. Or at least um, <clears throat> listens to their dad's music and sells it. Yeah. Is he not a musician? Royal no, musician he's a here? musician. They just, you know, he doesn't have, he's not a popular musician. Right. He's Swedish. He's not like... Hank Williams Jr. or some shit. It's always like a real musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Or his father. Um, It's interesting when people dress their kids in all white to me because I'm like, they're children. Like, all white? Like, doesn't that seem like just a disaster waiting to happen? Like, your kids are that clean? Kids are not clean. Well, there's a lot of pictures of him wearing white. He's like a white guy, a white-wearing guy, one of these people. Well, then they also, like, they put their kids in, like, matching, like, white linen outfits. Strange. Roy Kelton Orbison Jr. is an American musician and record producer. He is also the co-founder of record label Roy's Boys and co-president of Still Working Music. Mm -hmm. Among his work, he co-produced the album... Guess what? Roy Orbison, The Ultimate Collection. The greatest hits. He produced it, which reached number 10 on the UK album charts. Cool. Oh, so cool. Pretty cool, huh? His spouse is Asa Hallgren, who I can only assume is a blonde Swedish babe. A blonde Swedish babe? Blonde. Hallgren. She's the connection, I think, between Ace of Base. Huh. You know, because they're Swedish. Got it. Got it. Yes. Okay. Um, I said blonde Swedish Mabe. <laughs> What's a Mabe? Okay. Well, uh, Kiko's happy that Lara's gone because he says the energy in the galley is so much better now and he can really focus on his food. And I'm like, please fucking focus so you can stay longer. Um, then there's She's like. She's a native of Sweden. Who works in marketing. Oh. Cool gig. So he's making enough money. Maybe he got money left from his dad, but he's making like. Well, his dad still makes a ton of money. It does? Because he still makes millions licensing his music. Oh. Yeah, his dad. I mean, because his dad's music is still very present in society. You got it. Um, Do I have to pay licensing fees every time? You got it. And then crying. Do you remember crying? Crying. <laughs> yes, you, technically, if you just say it. <laughs> I like crying. Yeah, um, I know. You do it all the time through your nose. Okay. You know what? You're being rude. So, okay. Well, that makes it better. I'm fine with it. So, there's like an incident kind of, um, where, so the deck crew's putting up the slide, but then the weather conditions are too rough, so they have to bring the slide down. Um, And then Hannah wants to set up lunch on the aft deck before they go swimming, but the deck crew's now like, okay, well, we have to take the slide down on the aft deck, so it's going to take them 30 minutes, so it just doesn't work out. And then, uh, so 
they have to end up leaving the slide on the aft deck while everyone's having lunch. I was like, how is that a good look? Just throw the slide away. Get a new one later. Yeah, just cut it loose. I'll come by with my boat later with my slide already set up. Yeah, and so about it. and then the deck crew gets upset because they're like, "We keep doing everything. Well, no, oh, we put it up, and then we take it down, then we have to take it down, then we have to put it up, then we have to put it back on the half deck, and then this and that." And they're all upset. And Malia's like, "Do as I say, soldiers!" And they're like, "Oh, okay." And Pete's like, "Hey, babe, sweetie, tart girl, little lady, love." And uh, Malia's like, "Please don't call me that." Actually. She never tells him not to call her sweetheart or sweetie. Have you noticed that? He always calls it. She's always like, mm, don't love that. But she never, never, never once. I haven't seen her say it once. She doesn't directly say anything to him. Never. Not once. It's interesting. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Pete's still in his room crying. Well, yeah. So um, over Laura. Yeah, while the guests are having lunch, Alex and Pete are entertaining the kids while the parents and the nanny eat. And Pete's like, it makes me miss my son and Laura. <laughs> this idiot. Um, I don't, I still don't understand why he was crying so much over fucking Laura. Because Roy Orbison's kid is there. Makes no sense. He's trying to impress him. He's like, well, hey. I don't understand why Below Deck couldn't afford to use the uh, crying during this scene. Well, because he's a tough guy. So he's like, <sighs> he's just doing so much sniffling. Like he just was just holding it down because he's Pete. He's the unit. The unit doesn't cry. Do you know who I know who sniffles the most? The who? unit, the president, and Anna Hosni. <laughs> okay. Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Sniffing. Um, so they dock the boat in Palma. Uh, and. Malia's like, it's my first time docking in Palma, so I'm really nervous. But guess what? Nothing matters. And we do it. We nail it. Uh, And the guests are, the the guests basically ask Hannah to check in on the kids while they're sleeping during dinner service. And Hannah's like, oh, well, my mom used to run a childcare service when I was younger. So I spent a lot of time with kids and, and I'm actually quite good with them and they really like me. And there's uh, one growing in my belly. I know. I think she is pregnant during this time, but mm, I don't know. No, I'm pregnant. Actually, she's drinking, so maybe not. The baby, it's Lara's. It does. She is drinking when they went out, right? Did I see that? I don't know. No one made a point to say that she wasn't. Right. And they usually do. Yeah, that's true. They would point that out. Well, anyway. Um, Yeah, and Hannah's like, yeah, I can check in on the kids, but I'm a stew down. So babysitting the primary's kids is not ideal. Uh, And then they have, like, the Mallorcan musicians arrive to perform for the guests, and they don't speak much English, and it's really funny. And Hannah just is like, okay, so, oh, you don't speak English? It's fine. I don't speak Spanish. So I'm going to need you guys to go down to the crew mess and wait for me there. And they just stand there like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. No English. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. Uh, Just follow me. She's like, come on. Come on. Um, Yes, we're about to end soon. Uh, So Kiko's making tapas for dinner. And did you see that scene where Ulf is just very creepily staring at Kiko cooking? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? 
I'm sorry. Hey, staring croupily at someone while they cook does not help your vibe, fool. Well, you know, all of the Nazis fl- fled to Brazil. So he's probably like, wait a minute. Are we related? <laughs> oh, no. Are you the man who killed my father? Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the guests love the food. The musicians uh, play for the guests and the guests are loving it and they're like wow true music and then everyone goes to bed after dinner and it's the next day and pete it's the next day and pete guess what pete keeps calling malia sweetheart and she's really getting upset and she says yachting is a male-dominated industry and she wishes pete could just see what she's overcome and then try and call her sweetheart and i'm like just tell him not to call you that but instead, Malia is talking to Captain Sandy and says that, yeah, Pete keeps calling me sweetie. And Captain Sandy doesn't like that. And she says, that's blatant disrespect, regardless of gender, because you would not call a man that. And she calls a de- all the deck crew to the bridge and tells them not to call anyone sweetheart and says, her and Malia are not your fen- friends. We are your captain and your bosun. And if you don't like it, then you gotta fucking leave. And this is a woman's boat. And we'll have our period wherever we want. We will free bleed on this deck. And you'll have to clean up after us. It'll be messy. It'll be so messy. <sighs> and then, <laughs> and Pete's like, got it, babe. And uh, Pete's dead now. They shot him in the face. And that's the end of the episode. Well, boat fact. Yeah, it's time for boat facts with Nikki G's. I mean, T's. What the fuck? <laughs> um, I uh, wanted to talk about my favorite yacht. It's the Octopus Yacht. It's uh, Paul Allen, you know, Microsoft founder, Paul Allen's yacht. And uh, what I think is most interesting is that underneath the boat, this is a $325 million, 414-foot super yacht. Okay? Now, underneath this boat, uh, uh, there are two submarines that detach from the boat and can, um, that can go for like 10 hours each. And they can house up to 8 to 10 people. Why you need this? I mean, I don't know. But it sounds... The most luxurious, luxurious thing I've ever seen about. Why you need two is, I think, my my biggest question. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool. Anyway, octopus, check it out. That's both facts. Nikki T. Goodbye. Octopus. Octopuses are really scary to me. There's that episode on this season, uh, season two of um, uh, Twilight Zone, where the octopus becomes like really. Have you seen it? Season two of Twilight Zone. No. Oh, well, there's a scene or there's an episode with an octopus that becomes like very, very smart and it's really scary. And I don't fuck with octopus anymore. I'll tell you that much now. Also, his boat has a helipad on the front and the back. Oh, this is a boat. It's a super yacht. Oh, it's called the octopus. Why did I miss that? What are you talking about? You think it was an octopus with... Submarines on it? I told you it was a $325 million, 414 foot super yacht. I heard octopus and then was immediately mentally taken back to that Twilight Zone episode and basically heard nothing else. Okay, well, I I I can't explain to you again. Sorry about that. And uh, I love you. I got to go. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Sorry about that. I'm in, uh, fear, in fear of octopus. You could follow us at Deckheads Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at deckheadspod at gmail.com. You 
can uh, follow me at Anna Hosnia. Nick is at Nick's Turners. And uh, give us a five-star review if you can. We would really appreciate it. You could talk about octopuses. You could talk about boat facts. You could just say something nice or, I don't know, guess something mean as long as you give us a five-star review. What do I care? My life is based on nothing. This is all I do. That was sad. All right, guys. Also, check out our merch on Public. We would love that. We love to give you guys fun shirts. We'll have another one coming soon that says Master Boat Facts or Boat Facts Master, whichever one I forget. Uh, yeah. All right. We're outie. Bye. Deckheads is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.